0: Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, the Brand Extract team breaks down the basics of brand strategy. They define what a brand strategy is, why it's important for your brand and overall business, and touch on a few key points about how to build a strong one. They also provide examples of brands that have strong strategies and discuss the benefits of having a brand strategy along with the drawbacks of not having one. So sit back, Relax and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract.
1: Hi, and welcome into Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilbs, and in today's episode, we're talking about brand strategy. What is it? Why is it important? And what are the key things to consider when building one? And to help me dissect this topic, I'm joined by Director of Brand Strategy Charity and Dissingay. Hey, yeah. Director of Brand Experience, Cynthia Stipech. Hey, Chris. And CEO, Bo Bode. What's up, Chris? <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, guys. So, so brand strategy is something we specialize in here at Brand Extract, and it's something we work on every day. So let's start by maybe giving a definition of brand strategy to listeners that may not be as familiar with the term as we are. Can any of you explain what brand strategy is in layman's terms?
2: Sure. So a lot of people come to us and they will say they want to talk and they want to look at a brand strategy. And sometimes they come to us with a perception that it's all of the tangible things, you know, like your, your logo, the term, the design, the symbol itself, but it actually isn't. A brand strategy is really a deliberate approach. It's a long-term plan that's designed at really achieving the goals that pertain to the recognition of your brand. So it's really about the softer stuff how do we want customers to actually perceive our brand and how do we move that needle over a period of time?
3: And I think the, one of the challenges, to Jared's point, is that like, very deliberately thinking about how would you want your customer to feel about you. Mm-hmm. And that, that needs to align with corporate strategy. You know, We, we want to sell the best product on the market or we've got the most innovative thing or it is you know, whatever. that 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 that, that's one thing you know to charity's point that is a component of a brand is actually product itself and how it performs but how they feel about it at the end of the day that kind of makes you buy more of that stuff for higher prices at longer periods of time i don't think people to charity's point they conflate advertising and marketing and brand brand elements with like this is deliberately i want someone to think this product Changes the world or is easy to use. And then building off of that, sometimes our clients and and many people just don't think, they feel it, they kind of talk about it, but they're not deliberate in what is our strategy to get people thinking that and believing that.
2: They're really about defining your customer needs, the emotions, and the competitive environment where you're going to play. Mm -hmm. Got it. It's definitely not a marketing plan,
4: so which is a completely different animal. Could be confused, I think, by some to think that well, we've got a marketing plan in place when it's like you cannot, it is not a brand strategy.
1: Completely so. Can we maybe distinguish between and we don't need to get too deep into it, but can we distinguish between a business strategy or a corporate strategy and a brand strategy? What, like, what are some of maybe the key differences between those two? Because I think. Sometimes they get conflated. Sure. To start, you know, I
3: think that the I think that's a challenge even for us because those two things bump up against each other. But you know, your corporate strategy is really, I'm gonna make this product at these prices this way. And we want not what we want people to feel, but I expect to get this kind of revenue out of that product. I expect Mm -hmm. to make it this efficiently. I expect our people to do it this way. Which starts to bump into a little bit of brand integrated branding, which is your mission vision values and those kinds of things, but then there's that translation into how do we want all of these stakeholders to feel about the product? what do we want them to believe about the product? Those things need to mesh. I mean at the end of the day, you know we we talk about this all the time. Half the reason we created brand extract was because We had people coming to us all the time saying we want to be fast we go study them and we're like you're not fast your market needs fast but that's an operational problem well that then turns into corporate how are we going to deliver on this thing and then there's the what do we want people to believe about our product based on all of that and those two things lining up there are critical but they're not the same thing and brand could be so big and like a consumer company that brand might be an arm of their overall corporate strategy, but we kind of pull it out and put it as the base, you know, underneath like almost the filter that the whole corporate strategy goes through to get to marketing plans and tactics and the way we answer the phone and how we deliver on the website and all that other stuff. But that's, I mean, that's at least kind of what I've seen charity and Cynthia, you know, as we've been doing this for the last 20 years is that, there's always that confusion. And sometimes when we do a brand study, you bounce right up against management consulting. This product may not be priced right. It may not be packaged the right way. It may not be, we, your sales team may not be able to sell it and you may need to replace your sales team, you know, or it, like those kinds of things happen. And that is a little bit of a confusion when we're doing a brand assessment, coming up with a brand strategy. Sometimes our clients aren't nearly as clear. On though, even those things about their product or about their delivery or about their operation, and we have to have that almost management
1: consulting conversation, but we can't implement that. We can't study that like McKinsey can. Yeah. <clears throat> we, and and one of the things that stands out to me is it seems like a, a corporate strategy is more kind of the nuts and bolts of the organization, as to where the uh, the, the brand strategy is more. You know, like you guys talked about, like that that emotional aspect, or that you know the the feeling, or the relationships that we want to build with our customers, and and um, that sort of thing. So I
4: think I think it's you know when we look at that, you know, it's like the brand should be engaging with customers, and the strategy should be built out in such a way that it's like you know. There's there should be a sense of like not just like satisfaction or delight, but it's like we're pushing them towards this whole like engagement and empowerment. Mm-hmm. When they're they're engaging with the brand, they are becoming their believers in the brand. They are, you know, so that's that's really what we're trying to get to with the brand strategy, which is then beyond the corporate strategies, beyond the numbers, beyond the number of units sold. It's like we're really yep. trying to integrate in with their the day-to-day emotion and psychological makeup of consumers so it's it's what it's it's like everything else we said it's beyond just the logo you know if you look Mm -hmm. at at brands with big memorable logos it's like I'm I'm past the logo part now it's like the minute I think about this company or the brand I have a feeling inside of me of what what I'm about to encounter with or or why I've pull these uh, brands into my, into my life, you know, uh, yeah. and lifestyle. So it's, it's much deeper.
1: So would you say that a brand strategy is critical to the success of an organization? And if so, what? like, why is it critical to the success of an organization?
2: I think from a long-term perspective, it's absolutely critical. So again, it's about going back to that whole thing of what are the If you think of Colgate, I was going to say Colgate, a brand name. If you think of toothpaste, what's the first brand that comes to mind? (laughs) For me, it's Colgate. It might be something else for you. Mm -hmm. And that's around an emotive... If you don't have an emotional relationship with a product, then it becomes... It's easy to swap out. So for the long-term success of a brand, it's imperative that you build a connection with an audience. And that's the whole job of brand strategy. Building long-term relationships with customers mm-hmm. so that you can in- ensure the longevity of your your product or service and it's not just another one that can disrupt.
3: Well, and I think the key term there is long term. You know, I think brand two things build a brand, money or time. The you know, yeah. the the challenge with building a brand quickly with money is then over time you have to deliver as opposed to a brand that is very deliberate over time delivering on its promises that eventually becomes known for the Colgate or the Crest or the Kleenex or the whatever. I think, I think charity kind of hits on a really good point there is that, is that long-term value and companies that really don't care about long-term value of their entity or their product really, I mean, their brand strategy should be sell as much as fast as I can and just make sure it looks cool. Right. I mean, there are game, there are, your TV series. There are things that are meant to have a very short shelf life. Life's that true. aren't really there, like pet rocks. Boom, go buy the pet rock. <laughs> Nobody cares about the value of the pet rock past the fad, right? And so yeah. I think, on its most extreme, <laughs> it, 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 that's what it is, right? Whereas an Apple or a Starbucks or a you know name the brand that comes to your mind, you know that the perception of that brand brand is built torn down, built up again, adjusted, yeah, molded over time. And the more deliberate you are at that from the beginning, the, the easier it'll be to hit the target. And I think, yeah. I think charity kind of hit it on that, that, you know, two things build a man, Peter Phillips, you know, I'll never forget it. Brand, my first Randy workshop in 1998 at the Howcom. Oh, two things, build a brand money or time, you know, a different world, different story at that point. But You can be known right away, but are you known for the thing that the customer wants? And when that doesn't happen right, it can really, really affect you. That's one of the things that Cynthia, with you know, when we kind of look at a customer journey or the journey of a key stakeholder, sort of the thing Cynthia's really start to uncover a lot in the branding work we do is that, you know, what's that path that the customer has to go through, not just we put them through, but has to go through to trust you to a point where they'll pay a premium for your product and trust
2: it.
4: Absolutely, and that's something we try to do with like all of the branding projects and brand strategy engagements we're involved with is like beyond just understanding corporate strategy, the business goals, goals for the brand, Mm -hmm. is we dig into that target audience and try to understand like where they're coming from. We want to understand just their challenges, their pain points, things that are going to resonate with them. And we dig in deeper to figure out like where we can really get the, uh, get them to engage with the brand during different phases of the journey of their customer journey
1: yeah so so it seems to me as as if like the the you know why it's critical why brand strategy is critical to success is that it's a kind of a defense going back to what Charity said it's kind of a defensive against against commoditization right if Mm -hmm. you are just you know you're just another brand of toothpaste you're just another you know pet rock you know, but if you have a great brand, then there's there's that emotion that makes you want to to you know patronize. Okay, nine. I, th-
2: I think it also goes back to the whole conversation of the role of brands these days. I mean, brands, depending on price point and the role within society, sometimes are a really great way of shortcu- shortcutting a message. You know, mm-hmm. so shortcutting. If I if I am an Apple person, for instance, what does that say about me versus someone who's an Android person? So a lot of badging of yourself with brand as well and deliberately building that brand association with that badging term yeah. over the long term. Because customers are using brands to badge or to tell whether something is of quality or not. Right. You know, it's a short message. Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, but the the thing that you guys just—I mean—we're talking about with the commoditization of things. I think that that's brought this to the forefront. Mm-hmm. You know, where where consumer brands constantly had to worry about this to stay relevant because there were always competitive brands coming up. B two B brands as everything becomes commoditized, not because of innovation. And partially because of speed and quality it's yeah. easier to make a better quality product today than it was 20, 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. But the world's gotten so small. So, you know, where, where you thought there was only one toothpaste, now there are 50 and <laughs> yeah. they come from right. all over the world and they're all different flavors and they're all different kinds. What is it since they're all priced relatively the same? And if you, if it's not price, right. I mean, if I, if I want to pay a yeah. dollar for a tube or $3 for a tube, that that's different, right? Yeah. All the $3 tubes, because I feel that it makes my mouth feel better and cleaner and fresher. What differentiates you? It's all, it's all paste in a tube with some flavoring, <laughs> you know, I, so at what point, like. It it then becomes, I've always used Crest. I trust Crest. I tried Fulgate one time, or I tried Benzedine and it tasted awful, or I tried something and I don't like it. I'm always going back to Crest, you know, that, that kind of, that is a purely emotional, you know, why am I going to pay $6 for a case of Ozarka water that I can get out of the tap and it's just fine, or $3 for a case of, of Sam's Club water? You know, how much do I value the quality and taste of my water? You know, that that's way beyond because it's all commoditized, because I have so many different options that that all of a sudden really being deliberate about who my audience is, who I'm talking to, what the value drivers are for them, understanding what matters to them and selling to that audience as opposed to trying to sell your water
4: to everybody is critical. Uh I love that. I think it's like you need to know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like part of that, the discovery of like what we do when we work with our clients is like we help them better understand who they are from a branding perspective. But then it's like, you know, when you have that understanding and you better understand your target and what you're going for, then it's like you can start to determine like, well, we're not selling to everyone, but we are focusing on this type of buyer, you know, this type of audience. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the components of a brand strategy. So... Are, are there any artifacts that come from a brand strategy? Is there anything that, you know, if you undertake a, a brand strategy process, for example, that you're going to come out with, whether it's tangible or intangible? So in the brand,
3: not the brand gap, Zag, I think it is, Marty Newmeyer's book. You know, there's a series of these branding books, you know, by Newmeyer that are great. And in, in one of the books, there's a, there's a, there's a thing called an onliness statement that I've always loved, right? And it's like, My product is the only blank that does blank, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to fill in those blanks. I I think in its simplest form, whether we're doing a brand pyramid for a client to kind of come up with the essence and the position and the kind of key, the top two or three words that matter or, or adjectives that matter, or whether you're doing something like that, you know, my widget is the only widget that, you know, does, you know, blank, you know, it's the only thing that does, makes this person happy or whatever. You know, understanding that is its beginning. You know, yeah. it's not really a brand element, but it's like it, it's that key like component—the
2: functional benefit of the brand, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, what is it? What is yeah. it? I want this product to do for my customer beyond be fast or be cool, right? Cool for some brands is part of the deal, but then then there's all the stuff that integrates with it—your mission, vision, values. How you're yep. going to deliver the product when it comes to service? You know what the, you know what else? Th- there are those components. There are the associations. What do I want people to feel, <laughs> think, and do whenever they interact with my brand? I mean, you can see that in Starbucks. You know, over time, it yeah. used to be the third place, right? And now it's just a yep. fast food. I mean, it's really just the drive-through. The chairs have become less comfortable. They're smaller. They're harder the, the yeah. locations are smaller the drive throughs are bigger you know they they've they've definitely shifted their brand strategy from being the third place to the place i get high quality expensive coffee fast right uh that's all deliberate you know so that there are these elements to brand strategy that are how i want my my product to be perceived. but then there's the you know how are we architecting the brand products? How are we putting them all together so that you can understand how they all work together? If there are multiple products, then there are the things you guys talk about—the brand elements and the you know the brand conveyors, you know the logo and the identity and the the things that express that that represent the brand when words don't matter. You know when words can't be expressed. We saw Starbucks take the name off of their buildings. I don't, I'm still kind of thinking through that, guys. Like. They didn't really take it off. They just put it away from they just separated it from their meatball. But right. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, they still they still have a word there, you know. I it just I yeah. I don't know. It's kind of interesting making some of these decisions. But yeah. I mean it was intentional.
4: But you know, and it's like I think it's like, you know, you get to that state though with some of these high-level brands, you know, it's like the Apple logo on the computer. You see it, you know exactly what it is. You know
2: exactly what it means. You know, mean.
4: on a shirt. Yeah. I, I don't need anything else. I'm like, I know exactly what that is, which is interesting because it's like, you know, as humans, we recognize colors and things like warnings. This is ingrained like in our gen- genetic makeup and just, mm. just. So I think there's some of that at work too, like in our brains, you know, we see something and you automa- automatically recognize it as a feeling the thing that you want or want to run away from. I don't know, whichever. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, that's really like what we're aiming for is kind of like just on that level to just, it's that fast.
3: Yeah, so I think at elements of a brand strategy, Chris, you know, there's the, the deliberate decision about what your position is in the marketplace, what your customers or key stakeholders need from the brand, what you expect them to get from the brand, you know, all the way you know, and everything in between, you know, how we're going to deliver on the brand, how we're going to train our people to deliver on the brand. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that, the functional delivery of the product. And then at the end, there's all that stuff that you make that represents you, you know, whether it's a campaign or it's an element, a color to Cynthia's point, you know, or a word or a headline or a sound, you know, all of those things go into, over time, building up that, that archive of things, you know, from the words you say and the things you want people to believe and your intention to the actual yeah. manifestation of the brand, that's all part of a brand strategy. Whether it's brand architecture or other things like that, that's all components of that that, that let somebody understand how they should interact with the brand and how they should believe in it or see it functionally and
1: emotionally emotionally yeah it it, to me the the you know one way to think about it and i think one of you guys mentioned it whenever we were talking about this previously was that a brand strategy functions you know when it's done properly it functions as kind of like your roadmap or like your north star your letter yeah yeah it helps you kind of determine you know like what how you should respond in a crisis situation how you should you know talk to your you know provide customer service, how you should do X, Y, or Z. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the real values of of a brand strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so when you're developing a brand strategy, what are some of the factors that you should consider? Who should you consult? Do you need to talk internal, external, or you talk with just leadership? I mean, what, what are some of the considerations to take into account when you're developing that brand strategy?
2: Well, certainly the way that we approach it is that it is a multi-pronged approach. You want to see what does, where do we want to take this organization to start off with? So it's imperative that you have conversations with the leadership of the organization. It's imperative that you have conversations with the people that work for the organization. But it's also very key that you're clear on what your customer is looking for, what their perception is of the existing brand, if it's an existing brand. And then you try and find what the sweet spot is between the two of them and marry those two. And that's really where you define your emotional, functional, and consumer benefits as part yeah. of your strategy. So it's both internally and externally. And then you need to look at what does the competitive landscape look like? Is there a place that you can stand out as a brand and actually make a dent within that competitive set? I think those are the, the main core things that are in look at.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, are there any any examples or or brands out there that you think like really have their strategy nailed down that that they really know what they're doing? They're very rarely kind of bested, I guess, in their in their uh, in their industry.
3: Over time, you know, those things change, right? The reliability of the experience and the usability of Apple has has started to diminish. It, it, because Apple is more of a fashion statement now than it was in the past. It used to be kind of a little alternative brand. Remember, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. You know, they're, they're that thing, right? One that's dear and dear to my heart, and it's partially because of how I grew up and where I grew up with Southwest Airlines. You know, the, the no frills. Oh, yeah. The no frills airline. The You know, they have positioned themselves with that, but they also position themselves with fun and, and the whole love thing. And, you know, it, they're... It's a super casual kind of experience, and whereas somebody else would prefer what used to be Continental or Delta United, which is a little bit more formal experience. Both you know, brands, you, but uh, Southwest has stayed pretty true, you know, to itself and its kind of fun-loving nature, and that works for me. Other people don't like the cattle car, but the, at the <laughs> but end of the know, day, they, they know the
2: traveler exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And if they're not cheap, uh, they're not the cheap airlines anymore. Um, but they are, there's not a whole lot of hassle. You know, it is yeah. you, you You get bags, you do your thing, you get on the plane, you don't worry about it. there's not a whole lot of upgrading and all that kind of stuff. Although they've added it. it it's super simple. And that's, I think that's, it's it become less of a no frills, cheap airline and more of a just sim- simple, you get what you get kind of airline. But I think it's a deliberate move. And the brand experience you get at the gates is pretty. I mean, you can see online when it goes poorly because everybody does that on social media. But, you know, for the most part, they have less instant, instant instances just because I think their people are trained along that way. So that's a, that, I mean, I know it's a very local, you know, US centric brand, but it, it fits, I think, much like Virgin, Virgin nationally, you know, internationally. Oh, yeah. You know, it, like, I love You Virgin. know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get with Virgin.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and they always stand same. out, always stand out. It's mm-hmm. a completely different experience. They look, they feel in every category that they're in, whether it be banking because they have banking to airlines. It's the it's same. Yeah. You know, brands that I always admire, and this is always my go-to because I think they do it phenomenally well are alcohol brands. Mm-hmm. Spirit brands like mm-hmm. Johnny Walker, and no, I'm not an alcoholic. But those brands do it phenomenally well. Johnny Walker and the idea of progress and how they started off. And, you know, if anybody have ever seen that Walking Man ad and telling the history of the the brand and all of the things that they sponsor from a progress perspective and people who are pursuing progress. Guinness is one of my favorites. So Guinness, you know, they're really purpose-driven brands, some brands Mm -hmm. that are rooted in the spirit of the founders. So Guinness talks about the man who was a visionary who decided to make, dark, make a stout when everyone else was making pale ale, who had a, who took out a 100-year lease on a piece of property so he could build in a brewery to go against the grain. A man who really believed in putting in more, meaning that she'll get out more. So they talk mm-hmm. about a beer that's made of more, for men who are made of more, and the way that they execute <laughs> that across the board. And how it's actually seen as a badge, By men, as, you know, men who are made of moan, they have defined masculinity across the generation, throughout the generations by tweeting what masculinity message they put out there over the years. Marlboro Man was the same. Marlboro, the days when we used to smoke, same thing. You know, those are the brands that have done it phenomenally well because they're rooted in a purpose and are very clear Mm -hmm. and deliberately how they to define how people badge themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. One brand that I've always
4: been a fan of, and I just feel like they do such a great job engaging with their audience is uh, Lego. And it's (laughs) as simple as you can get, you know, it's a simple block toy. Um, Mm -hmm. But where they've pushed that simple block toy that it is, you can find it anywhere in the world. And people are just absolute rabid fans about Lego. But they really work with their buyers and their fans like to even go as far as like developing toy concepts you know they'll put out a call you know what are some ideas you know and things that could be produced into toys and they turn into great moments where they release these, you know, limited production series out there, you know, and and people are just so excited with it. But I just love how they engage. And, you know, when you think about it, like, strategically, it's like, you know, they're producing a plastic block, right? But then Mm -hmm. you look at, like, all the partnerships they have with, like, all the other brands out there. It's massive now. It's like, you know, they've done this historically, but just, like, the partnerships Mm -hmm. with Star Wars are huge. You know, like, and then the Harry Potter stuff. So they have taken that little plastic block and they've created this really interesting matrix and kind of thread throughout kind of just popular culture and entertainment that just takes it beyond, you know, the toy itself. So, yeah.
3: Well, but that, I think, Cynthia, that, I mean, that kind of all of these brands that we're talking about, flying is a commodity. I mean, they get on a plane anytime and the prices are pretty reasonably the same, except if you really want to go junky cheap, right? Um, you know, beer, I mean, how ubiquitous is yeah. beer, right? I mean, okay, like, yeah. oh my God, it couldn't be more brands. And Cynthia talking about this little yellow, yellow, because that was the original logo was that thing. I mean, this little tiny block. Yeah. yeah I, mm-hmm. Like they, I, I think the purpose part the charity's point is that these we have a tagline inspired belief. You know, people believe in the product, and in the it goes beyond the product, right? It almost in some of these charbucks, others a sense of community. You know, to where you like kind of you're walking in, you're walking into a Chick Fil A, and somebody's walking out, and you just kind of wink at that person and say yes, it's all. Yeah, I mean, it's a great chicken nuggets, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> really? In what universe? Spicy chicken filet? But yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying the spicy chicken's pretty good. But I <laughs> like, uh, like, it, it, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right, you get it? I get it. Yeah, there, there's a sense of community that comes out of some of these brands. You've seen it in Apple. You, you see it with Virgin. You know, you see it with a lot of these different brands that not. it's hard to get there and back to your point about long-term very deliberate very purposeful very true to who they are for a long time you know the johnny walker brand you know because it's become older and there are so many other brands that found it you know
2: yeah
3: it's got a great story you know, and and you forget those stories, but then when you're reminded of it, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then even nostalgia, even nostalgia plays into it. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know, we'll you, pry that iPhone out of my cold, dead hand before you'll ever see an <laughs> Android in it. But it's irrational. <laughs> you know, Android will do the exact same thing, maybe better at some things, but I'm willing to pay a premium for that Apple product uh, because I believe it, it makes my life better in some way. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think charity. It was so funny you were talking about the the badge thing when we, oh yeah, because I did I did a lot of work for Coors when I was doing package design, yeah. and the, the the we used to deep well we used to comp bottles and we'd stand across the room and we'd hold them up by our chest, yeah, because that's how people carry beer bottle. You know, the the casual drinker it's carries it in their thumb yeah. down by their that they spill it all the time. Mm-hmm. Others carry it up here. You because know, they're truly trying to. They're 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 wearing it as a badge. It you know, is. I am a I, mean, I am a Guinness drinker. Cool. I am a yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. it's that's that's brand yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think when it's you know a measure of success, maybe not the only measure of success for a brand strategy is whenever you can hear folks say, like, I identify with that, right? Like, they mm-hmm. that badge that you guys were talking about, it's like, yeah. once you've reached badge status, then, you know, you're doing something right with your brand strategy, it seems. Yeah. So, you know. Or
2: you become the category norm. Like, most people don't say petro- petroleum jelly. They say Vaseline.
1: Yeah, nobody yeah. asks for building blocks. They ask for Legos.
2: Yeah.
1: So, okay. I do want to, uh, you know, let you guys get out of here. But I want to kind of ask one kind of final question, because I can imagine listeners at home are probably thinking to themselves, like, okay, this feels a little amorphous, like brand, it's kind of maybe a little touchy-feely. So how do you get brand strategy right? Like what, you know, what, what would be, you know, maybe a, a piece of advice or two that you guys would give to someone who's like starting a brand strategy journey? How do you get that right?
4: I would say just really <laughs> simply dig deep. And it's not top-level stuff. They have to dig deep to understand who they are, what they're about, what their brand's about, what their audience is about, what they're, what they're mm-hmm. offering. I think that's, that's key. And being honest, too. At least that's the starting point. <laughs> okay.
2: yep. For me, I think it's, there are three things that will really make you have a standout strategy. One is consistency. You need to be focused on consistent branding and making it very clear to customers what they are expecting from you. What is the emotional benefit or the functional benefit or the consumer benefit that you will get from my brand? Secondly, be very clear on who your community is. Don't try and be everything to everyone. You have a very clear audience. Stick to your community and build on that community. Zero in on that market for your business. And go after them in a very targeted, consistent, uh, deliberate way. And then finally, for me, it's content. So it's one thing to have a brand, but you know, you want your brand to be built not just for now, but for the future. So it's imperative that your brand is relevant, it's easy to access, and it's distinctive.
1: Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the three C's: consistency, community, and content. Danny's got that. Yes, sir. Bo, do you have anything, any advice for the folks out there? Between Charity and Cynthia,
3: it, you know, no. <laughs> I've got nothing <laughs> else. I mean, that,
1: I think I think
3: at the end of the day, the intent is king. You know, you should be trying to build a yeah. brand that people believe in. To Charity's point, not everybody has to believe its purpose. And clearly stating that and defining that is critical. And... What you may believe your product, much like a you know, sometimes these drug you know, somebody comes up with a groundbreaking drug to cure cancer, and it actually you know settles your stomach, and they go, oh, okay, cool, let's just move it. You know, brands, you know, paying attention to your brand in the marketplace. If Starbucks continued to, Starbucks would not have the same growth if they continued to try and be the third place because of the cost to maintain a third place, the you know. To do that and, and the consumer's changing, right? The consumer doesn't want a third place, you know, they just want to go get their coffee because now it's a bigger, it, it, it's not as unique you know, being kind of on top of your brand based on what's at the end, that once you kind of define what you believe your brand is and you're intentional about it, you know, listening to your customer and adjusting that brand is going to be critical to any strategy, you know, having a mechanism to review it quarterly, monthly Yearly, whatever you know, the scale of your brand is, and say, hey, well, what's changed? You know, because I watch brands all the time. The low price brands that really, really grow and people buy into, Walmart, others. It, it their their tagline changes from everyday all low prices to, you know, stuff you can get here, you know, or always open, or you know, deliver tomorrow, or you know, there's always these shifts in brands. You can see it in the in the insurance industry right now. You know, where it was cheapest price, price check tool, you know, that kind of stuff. And now it's they're they're all using experiential like we solved that before. We've had this issue. We can support you. You know, that brands change and shift, or I wouldn't say brands change and shift. The consumers care about shifts over time, but the brand should stay true to who it is but be modern enough and be timely enough to the consumer for their time. And I think that, that yeah. there are things, there are brands that lost Kodak. You know, there are brands over time that you can look at and go, "Oof, they lost touch with where the market was going, both in a corporate strategy standpoint and a brand strategy standpoint.
1: Yeah. I, I, love, I love the piece about consistency. You know, the, the brand should stay true to who they are throughout. Uh-huh market conditions around that are going to change and, and demand and all those sorts of things. And there'll be technology disruptions, all those sorts of things, but it's, it's staying true. I mean, at least, at least this is how I interpret it. It's staying true to who you are and figuring out how, based on this new reality that's out there, how, how do we fit into that? And how can, you know, how yeah. can we solve problems in a way yeah. that's true us? And mm-hmm. I think. That's
2: I, I always think of it as a brand it always has two things, two fine minds to cross or to kind of balance, what do they dial up from a functional benefit perspective, depending on what the need is from a customer perspective? And what okay. do you dial into from a relevance perspective? So what are the insights that, that is now relevant for the consumer? So you're dialing into mm-hmm. a, a certain insight and you're dialing up a certain functional benefit depending on the need. And that's a fine balance con- continually.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great point. Well, thank you guys very much. This was, as always, very informative. I really appreciate you guys taking time with us today. And we'll catch you on the next one. So thanks, y'all. Thanks. Thanks, It's fun. See ya.
0: That's it for another edition of Solving for B. Like the episode? Check out more content on all things branding and marketing by visiting brandextract.com. You can also follow us on our social channels like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to Solving for B.